Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. So it was really funny when this became one of our songs, Bittersweet Symphony, because this was a really hard song for me. I don't even remember when it came out, but effectively it's just a song about life sucks till you die, right? And I, I think a lot of people, well, that was their mantra for quite some time. I mean, was is a very generous statement. <laughs> I think it's most people's mantra forever, right? It's life is really difficult and the only sweet moments are the bits of love that come along the way. Mm-hmm. If right? you're lucky. If you're lucky. Mm-hmm. And that could be love in a family, love in a job, love in partnership, love in work, love in passion. But it's just enjoy those moments because life is shit Mm -hmm. we're chasing the sweet and even when we have the sweet we're expecting the sweet to leave it's gonna run out so we don't even enjoy it when it's there yeah because we're trying to hold on to it so tightly that we push it away maybe sometimes even before it's time or we just don't have it for very long at all because our karmic shit just keeps coming through but then once we're out of our karma yeah. Does that change? It does. It does, but it takes time. It depends on circumstances. If you're in partnership and you're in one place, but your partner is in another, you're pretty much going to walk through hell with them. That's what I ended up doing. The more conscious we are of what we've come through, the easier it is. But it takes time, especially in our sort of human concept of time, which thanks to 2020 has shifted and will, and as we've seen, won't go back, right? We can only move forward in our concept of time. So as anchorless and as strange as it all feels, I know that we've, we're coming to a point if, if not most, you know, many of us might've already reached that point where I think we're, we've become more accustomed to the fluidity of it. You know, two years of focused karmic game shit can sound like a long time to some, whereas others, it's a blip. It's like, you know what? Fine. But the sweet can only come when we've accepted that we can no longer have it the way we used to have it. And that can be really difficult for some because they want it the way they want it, or they want it the way that they're familiar with, or they want it the way they've always fantasized it would be, or they want it exactly the way they expect it to be because that's just how it should be, or they just want what they'd always had. They don't want to accept it can be different and more meaningful and more consistent because that's not something any of us have experienced. So, you know, wouldn't we rather have more of the same, even if it comes sporadically versus, well, maybe there is something different. And can I accept that even though I'm not certain of it because I haven't seen differently? I mean, I definitely know from personal experience, the world doesn't change just because we want it to. Right. The only way the world really changes is when we change. Yeah. Because our perspective changes. Our reactions change, our intentions change. The world changes because you're creating it. Mm -hmm. You know, each choice you make is another step towards creating a world that you've chosen, not that you've half chosen on behalf of others. I also know that you can't change anything collectively or even within a relationship until it happens on an individual level first. Yeah, and it just takes longer because of our karma. So does that mean it's going to take us just the same amount of time to step out of it collectively? No. Not at all. In part because by the time we've burned out our karma, 
or stepped out of it, as you eloquently put it, our consciousness is to the point where then we can sort of look around and be like, oh, okay, this isn't necessary for anyone. Let's work towards this now, right? Again, it's sort of the moving goalposts experience. That's really when the world will shift. So once our karma is divested, we can step into our purpose fully. And, the, and that's when the world rises up to meet us, even on an individual basis. I finished my karmic game when I was living in L.A., and we moved to Brazil. It's safe to say that's where it was, where my husband had to move out of his. And Brazil's a great place for that. For anybody who holds karmic issues, stories, just go there for a couple of years. You'll be over it. <laughs> the energy there is quite specific and very unforgiving. And my life wasn't going to look, I mean, it looked different, obviously, because I was in a different country in a, you know, in a city I, in which I'd never experienced before. But certain circumstances were still the same. I was still married. I had two small children. I still had to navigate various things, but I just had to do it differently, right? But that's actually when I started to throw myself into writing. And I think that was my way of processing stuff. Sorry for this long story, but I just feel like no, something is supposed to come out of this. That's what. That's probably why I No, it's I nice started. it's not about me. Go on. <laughs> and that's just where I started writing and writing and writing. And then, well, that's where my husband had his fuck this moment. And, that's, and that was the point, right, of Brazil to get him to the fuck this moment? Yes. Well, Brazil will bring a lot of people to their fuck this moment, I yeah, promise you. But that's you. the whole thing, we, right? It gets worse and worse and worse until like, fuck this, anything's better than this. We managed to, to get to New York, and that's when we started to have issues in our relationship because we were both in different places. I was pretty healed and just wanting to keep my life and take together with the kids, like just trying to keep the peace, you know trying to make the best and get settled and create a new life. And he was having his own issues, trying to find a new job. He had a lot of other stressors going on. And so we really weren't meeting. And that created a great deal of friction because that's what happens in any relationship, even within ourselves, is that when we've resolved our karmic issue, but circumstances haven't lined up to help support that new life, the friction's created and it's purposeful because we're having, that's where the energy shifts happen. And so that struggle is not only to get us to wake up and be like, all right, get off your ass, light the fire, start thinking, right? Start making different types of choices to see where can your life get better. And so my husband ultimately faced two options, right? Does he stay in the career that had He'd gone to school for, and that will earn him a particular income and track him for partnership. Or does he take the in-house road? Does he take the path that he had started to fantasize about after being in Brazil and became very disillusioned with firm life? But it's the path to the unknown. It's less pay, which for him meant greater insecurity because he'd grown up with a great deal of financial insecurity, like a lot of highs and lows. And so for him, security was everything. And it's not to say that he was always financially driven. That's not the same thing. It's not greed. It really is security. And of course, when you're in your karmic game, you're never going to make the choice for uncertainty, right? You're never going to make the choice for the unfamiliar. You're always going to stay where you're going to feel most secure. As you said, your coping mechanisms become your lifestyle. If you choose the unknown, your fears could come true. And that's what your ego set up to avoid. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But the moment he made the choice was the moment then he allowed for other possibilities 
to come to fruition. And that's where things could sort of, we could begin to find peace with one another. Because up until then, we'd started to fight a lot. So when you say that that friction is purposeful, mm-hmm. can you explain more? The other way to explain it would be sort of vibrational. When you are in your karmic game, just like you said, you know, you've got your fear informing your ego. And your ego is just firing off a lot of decisions and making all the choices and running the show, right? That's not particularly high vibration if you're operating from a space of fear. If you're operating from a fearless space, so for me it was um, I run on a a shit ton of faith and trust and knowing it's always going to be fine. It always is. Then the vibration's a lot higher, right? And so for the two of us, we were really in just two different planes of existence. One where he was really just trying to survive and burn out his fear and me trying not to get sucked into his fear vortex. So I could keep it, I could keep my shit together for the children and that massive transition that they had undergone. But you said it was purposeful. It is purposeful. Why? Because it forces consciousness. If we don't have that bit of struggle, a bit of that fire under us, especially when we are just, when we've just come out of our fear, we really don't know what's going to drive us. We don't know what's moving us forward. We tend towards complacency. We will tend towards sameness. It's not to say that we will necessarily backslide. When you're out of your karma, you're out of your karma. But what new patterns and habits have I developed? Have I had time? Not really. And so that friction is like, it's that struggle is, okay, I think I got, I've got something to push against now. Let me find a way. Let me set a goal so that way I can move forward out of this. That's what that friction so is. So was that you doing that or was that him doing that? I think it was something that both of our, both of us, we were doing. So after you both came out of your karma mm-hmm. as well, there was still that friction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, funny enough is when you're together and you're both in your karmic stories, you kind of make your karmic stories work, right? Because you're just like, you know, you're, again, you're kind of coping. And if you found your, your rhythm, you could kind of cope together. Yeah. It's like, I'm doing my thing. You're doing your thing. You know, we're both just kind of like hot karmic mess. We needed that clean slate, which was the city where we met, ironically. But again, in order to, for our energies to match up, in order for us to kind of find equal footing again and get on the same page we had that struggle we had those moments because we needed to get back together and we couldn't do it the way we used to do it and it doesn't it, you it, it's really a matter of just finding your equilibrium within yourself first of all like it, you know it's almost like you've downloaded a new operating system your usual reactions don't work because you don't you don't you're not reactive right everything just kind of washes over you so you're like oh i'm just living it's all fine but not everyone around you or every scenario around you matches up to that operating system right and also you feel like i need to be doing something but i don't know what that something is yeah and so you end up feeling like i mean i've noticed personally i became more and more insecure Mm -hmm. interesting i'm not i stopped acting i because i didn't i didn't you know before i was always waiting for a really clear signal to act okay before i did anything okay right because i felt really strongly about it okay but once I kind of was out of everything, that really strong signal mm-hmm. kind of wasn't there in the same way. Yeah. Well, let's just be fair that for you, part of that was the fact that you were doing this in 2020 yeah. when like, <laughs> it was just a really shitty year. Like it, it was like, that was what was so bittersweet. And, and on the one hand, it's a great time to be out of your karma because who wanted to be swimming in all that shit in 2020? The challenge though is 
the fact that what makes it bitter is you almost don't get to enjoy it. I mean, the freedom that usually comes with being caramelist, just we were cut off at the knees. But then how, <laughs> what gets you through it then? Well, for me, it was the, I needed to know that, okay, first of all, I needed to get back to, and it's going to sound so fucking cliche. I need to get, I needed to figure out where my truth was. I had connected to my purpose when I was living in Brazil. That was the nice thing. Okay. Being out of my karma really gave me clarity around my purpose, which was I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. Being there afforded me time to try that because I never had time in LA. And that was really cool. It was like, you know, as we were discussing in the previous episode, it really gave me a great deal of meaning. I was so devoted to story then, and it taught me so much. And I developed a new skill, and that was wonderful. And so in New York, I ended up sort of retreating into that a bit because that was how I was going to create my new world. If you haven't figured out your devotion, right, or what feels right in terms of devotion or vocation, for me, it was desire. Really, what do I have the strongest desire to do? And again, that was my writing. And that's just kind of what kept informing all of my decisions and choices and kept leading me down a different path. And I'm not writing what I used to write, but that's okay. It brought me joy then and taught me great skills in terms of communication. And it's something I still you know, derive income from and I appreciate. What's interesting in the Carmelist world is that you're always going to be pivoting. One thing is always going to naturally lead to another and another and the farther down you get the more it's going to really make sense and you're going to be able to sort of see the line you're just never going to recognize it when you're in the middle but then what happens if what you desired in your karma space was what you still desire when you're out of it does that mean you're stuck in your karma still no it can mean one of two things one then you're really meant to have it or two your perspective hasn't shifted enough which means while you might be karma-less, there might be a perspective you're not getting. And how do you know which one it is? Well, which one is causing you most misery? Usually, if it's the one that you know you're really meant to have, your faith knows it's coming. It just may not come that way. If it's the other one where you're just not getting the biggest perspective, like it's just not keeping, you know, you're, there's something missing then that's the one that is still attached to the karmic story. It's that expectation. And how do you burn that out? We can't say that there's a way to burn it out necessarily. Because right now you're asking for a solution and there is no a single one. What we're offering here is a path to not even get to that point, which is get to your purpose. Drown yourself in your purpose, if you will. That stuff then ceases to matter so much. You know, what's really fortunate for people these days versus like the years, the New York years, as I like to refer to them, everything's so much faster than it was several years ago, even. It's just, it blows my mind where I just think people really can move through, through their shit so much faster. You're so fucking fortunate. You can feel not good one day, but in a week's time, have a certain perspective that it would have taken people my generation years and years of therapy to come through, right? What makes it different today versus several years ago or a couple decades ago is consciousness. Consciousness shift and change and the way it's elevated and the way it keeps elevating every fucking year. And we have a couple things to thank for that, right? The young ones who are really wired for compassion and understanding and peace that's shifting everything. And your generation, right, who came in to really dismantle it all, 
and hold space for that dismantling, that's a massive job. Because in, in being able to ask, why does it have to be this way? And to not be willing to accept the easy answer. Well, you open the possibility for it not having to be this way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really big accomplishment. Well, isn't that what karma, getting rid of your karma is? Yeah. Because when you're in a comic story, there is only one way for it to be, mm-hmm. which is the way it's always been. <laughs> yes. And if you're out of your karma, it can be anything. Mm-hmm. So that's just like the karmaless approach to life, right? Why does it have to be this way? Mm-hmm. Because then you're not filtering your experience through like, well, A happens, so B happens. Right. Or it has to be this way because otherwise we're unsafe. Mm-hmm. Then it's, well... No, it's not really. Right. And you were the generation, like the millennials were the generation to really be like that. Why do I have to pay my dues? But the reality, and we've, we've said this in previous seasons, there's so much more to this ever changing and ever evolving world that, you know, we weren't going to come out of this. Not everyone's going to be happy with what the results end up being. And I'm not talking about you on like, or anyone on a personal level necessarily, because expecting that the world was going to change in order to meet their needs was never going to be the case because that's still expecting someone else or something else to be responsible for us. And so if we came out of 2020 or 2021 with that expectation and thinking everything was going to be a lot better, then we were going to be seriously disappointed. Yeah, because anything that involves someone else changing, manipulating, servicing us in some way Mm-hmm. is where we're giving them our power. Yeah. And we can't be totally empowered if we need someone else to tell us that we're powerful, right? So whether it is, oh, if I come out of my comment, this relationship will be perfect. Or yeah. <laughs> Let know, me tell you, not likely. <laughs> not likely. If I come out of, yeah, exactly. If I come out of, as you said, you know, if I come out of my karma, this job will be perfect. Not likely. If anything, if it's not meant to be, it'll start grating on you even more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so because you can't cope anymore enough to pretend it's not. Nope. So, you know, that's just doing what we've always done, which also makes sense that why people coming out of their karma and still living in a very 3D separate world would have found it really difficult. And maybe moving into this kind of new oneness consciousness place might be easier when you're coming out of your karma because then at least you're joining other people who are like you yes and I can imagine that makes a big difference it makes a massive difference and that's the point I mean for years I remember Ellen saying soon soon there's going to be this need for all light workers to come together the vision of everyone holding hands and I'm just like okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're holding hands in a pandemic okay not without a lot of hand sanitizer, people. <laughs> but we're only going to also find those people when we take responsibility for the bittersweetness of our lives, right? That I also, the one thing that I had to really grow into and accept, and it took me years, it really did. Like in my time in New York where I was like, I am really responsible for my happiness, I never expected my husband to be. It was never how I we how I existed in our relationship or how we operated. But I did find I think I was a lot more influenced by his needs than I really needed to be. I also really needed to be the one to make my life what it needed to be. And he was never going to provide that. And how do you do that then? 
in partnership or in relationship. Let me tell you, it's else. not easy, which is why a lot of people divorce. They get to certain stages in their marriages. It's just like it's easier to cut and run than it is to make something of this. And it's true. I mean, not everybody really is contracted for life partnership with that particular person, right? Like it just wouldn't work because again, it just becomes too divergent. There's no point, right? But I never doubted. So the moment I just always understood our commitment was for life. So it was never, okay, well, it's not about you providing or giving me a sense of purpose or even pointing me the way. It was, I really need to discover what that is. And I needed to allow myself to try. I think we think that whatever we do, we have to be able to monetize. Whatever it is we do, it has to be worth our time or it's going to be a waste. Or whatever it is we do, it better be successful. Otherwise, it's touted as a hobby. And so I felt insecure about my writing as well because then I thought, well, if I'm not selling a shit ton of books, then I'm a failure. But if I really took the long view, it was never about any of that. It was about this is an opportunity for me to learn. I'm teaching myself something as I go along. And this is fucking cool. And as I kept doing it, the more it showed me there was a genius behind all of it. And that genius was me. I can say that proudly because I know if I can do it, anyone can do it. And I know if I, I mean, trust me, people, when I say, okay, y'all might be like, well, she's a channel anyway. And she has all these guys who are just telling her what to do. But no, this was a time when I was kind of tiptoeing and see, I was seeing clients here and there, but I actually really was not in, in my practice fully then. And I was just taking long breaks because I was just trying whatever it was that just kind of tapped into my desire. What was bringing me joy? It wasn't like, you know, oh, I'm in service to God and let's just talk about guides all the time. It wasn't. It was like, let's talk about fucking and let's talk about sex, you know, and let's talk about love. Let me understand relationship. It was just fun. It was meant to be light. And that was really getting me on my path towards everything else. But it's never that simple. And we really need to allow ourselves that process and that adventure. Otherwise, we'll never really understand what we're doing. So when you say it's light, is it, isn't it? Isn't it meant to be fun and light? Yes. And light as in, you know, light versus dark. As in, you know, I moved through some dark years. You know, I had been postpartum. I wasn't aware of it. So I was just kind of working through stuff. But we had both been coming out of a dark period. And all that work I was doing was bringing a great deal of light and joy into my life. And of course, that helped my husband as he was making the transition and stressed in his own way. And of course, we found our way back together. We always knew we would. We just needed to give ourselves an opportunity to do that. But we were only going to do that when we gave ourselves permission to do whatever brought us joy. And so it was the, yes, life had been bitter. It had been bitter since our childhoods for various reasons, but we kept bringing in the sweet. And that was something we had to choose time and again, and take responsibility for time and again. And we just had to figure out how to do that in our sort of karmalist state in different ways. And yes, it helped that you know, he'll say, well, it helps that, you know, you, you were, you were the more conscious one. So you could tell me, I could explain to him what was going on or move through it. But it was just because we were both committed to our own consciousness and making choices that served us. And is it still bitter now? No, no. I mean, we get into stupid fights sometimes, but not even, it's like stupid shit. So you can overcome Petty. the bitterness and you can just have a sweet symphony without the bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> Things will be better when you have teenagers. <laughs> okay.
<laughs> this is still a human life. You still shit, fuck, and cry and grieve and experience loss. There's no getting around the bitter ever. But the sweet can become more consistent. It can become more fulfilling when you engage with it more and more through your work, through your vocation. Again, that's just a great way to maintain it and sort of see its constant presence in your life. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. 